0: to the All the Hats We Wear podcast. How many different hats are you juggling in your busy life? If you want a more joyful, productive, and fulfilling life, you need a system for managing all those hats. My name is Scott Snow, and I'm a productivity expert. You're meant to do great things, and I can teach you how to streamline your life to start doing those things. After listening to today's show, make sure to download your free guidebook. That will give you a clear vision for your life. By the end of the guidebook, you'll have a list of your goals, projects, mission statement, and a routine for getting the most out of your day. And now, let's get to today's episode. We have a special treat today. Giovanna Mullen is a junior at the University of Massachusetts in Amherst. Her major is managerial economics, and she's a member of the world-class Drum and Bugle Corps, the Boston Crusaders. There's a special place in my heart for the Crusaders because I was also a member of that drum corps way back when, and a lot of fond memories. The Crusaders are gunning for the national championship now, and uh, their performance level is outrageously high. Here's a video of the drum line this past summer. <laughs> served as the section leader of that amazing drumline this past year and you're going to learn a lot about peak performance, having a positive mindset, teamwork, self-confidence and leadership. Welcome Giovanna to the show. Hi. Now the audience would love to get to know you better so what are some of the different hats that you wear?
1: So I first things first I'm a junior in college I go to UMass Amherst where I study managerial economics. Um, I just finished up my Third marching season, my fourth contracted season with the Boston Crusaders, where I served as the battery section leader this past summer. Um, And yeah, that's about it.
0: Wow, so you're busy. Yeah. And you said managerial, what, economics? Yeah. Wow, What's what's that basically about?
1: So it's a form of resource economics that's focused on microeconomics and a lot of math. So a lot of the courses I take are resource economic classes, Um, And I do a lot of team-based classes. So I work in a lot of groups with other students in all my classes.
0: Wow. Impressive. So let's talk about the Crusaders. And um, we have that in common. Uh, I played in, um, I marched 88 to 92. And I marched with your uh, main instructor, Colin.
1: Colin, yeah.
0: Yeah. He was my roommate at UMass.
1: Oh, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. really cool. I didn't know that.
0: Yes. And uh, I mean, you could tell back then that he was way into it. You know, he was learning all the, you know, Cavie's 89 licks. And, uh, you know, back then we were, the drumline was always uh, sneaking around to watch, you know, Vanguard and the Devils and Garfield back then. And uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun.
1: That's really cool.
0: Yeah. So what what would you say some of the life lessons that you've learned as being a member of the Crusaders?
1: Um, I definitely learned a lot about life through Boston, and that's one thing Colin actually centers the program around is making us come out better adults in the world. Um, So I'll start off with some of the things I learned last summer. Obviously, being in the leadership role taught me a lot and how to learn uh, earn other people's validity and respect through that. But one direct thing from Colin that is, that's unique to this summer is like we were having a one on one, and he was telling me how drum corps at least for him it's so much deeper than the the drumming and the music and the competition and it's something i resonated with a lot you know he's like i care more about teaching you guys about life and how to become better humans than about drumline and you know the drumline is just kind of what we're there to do it's what we signed up to do but you get a lot more valuable experience, especially out of being a crusader, but generally in drum corps about life. And um, over the past few years, he's had this kind of quote, uh, and it goes, Life is suffering, move on. So it's not, it doesn't mean that we're intended to live and just suffer. Like that's not our goal in life. It's just like, okay, there's this BS thing that has happened. I, I acknowledge it. I accept it. And then I move on. You know, I can't control other people. I can't control, you know, what a judge puts down on the page. I, you know I can't control that. But what we can control is our performance. And if something that like, a, a for example, a number on the page that a judge gave us, we can't control that. And we just got to acknowledge it, accept it and move on. So that's really uh, probably the most valuable life thing. Uh, that I've learned through Boston. And I've also learned plenty, going back to the what I've learned in the leadership role, Howard Weinstein, uh, one of the former core directors of the Crusaders has been doing our leadership uh, coaching sessions throughout the off season and even during the season as well. But he talked about uh, the concept of self-mastery and the way I kind of took it was, you have to put on, you're know, on a plane, you have to put on your own oxygen mask when, before, trying to put on someone else's, um, well, if oxygen was depleting on a plane. And that's kind of how I dis- how I took on my leadership role is like, okay, I have to be a solid, consistent, and a good example of a member at all times and-, and in front of everyone else. But I have to make sure I'm solid before I start worrying about all the other people in my section that I have to keep in check. Um, and then I'd- I guess to kind of sum up what boston has taught me over the past three years it's how to be emotionally intelligent and the program is really centered on a, emotional intelligence like our staff for example they don't raise our voice or ever get mad at us and um that's helped me a lot through like when i teach or when i work with other people in school um colin always said like you know when you guys are talking to the rest of the core figure out how to uh, uplift the drum core and always and that your first response has like, should be, how can I help? If you see someone struggling, you know, we're, and especially in a uh, drum line, like a lot of people, the way they teach leadership is leading by example, but it's really so much more than that. And we're kind of, Boston's an environment where we're here to help each other out. Like, we're not just gonna be like, oh, it's on you to like, figure it out or like, whatever. No, we gotta help the, maybe like a newer member or even returning members just or anybody, we're going to help them out. And we're all going to kind of hold hands and jump in together to make our product. Perfect. It's not like, it's not so much, you know, every man for themselves like that kind of vibe.
0: I'd love to talk about performance because, you know, and I should probably back up too, because some listeners might not even know what drum core is. So drum core is a really competitive uh, musical activity. And, you know, you've got the drum line, the percussion section in the front with the marimba and timpani and all of that percussion and the brass section and the color guard. And how many people are in the core?
1: I think around 150 yeah. is typically the maximum for a lot of drum cores.
0: Yes. And just so people know that you guys are so good now, like you're basically gunning for the championship. Like uh, in in drums, you are very, very close. And, you know, a, a lot of people, myself included, uh, think that you were the best percussion section this past year. And uh, like you said, you know, you can't control the, the scores and the judging and all that. You have to just do your best and leave it on the field. But, you know, I'd like to talk about the performance element, because I think that would apply to people no matter what they do. Now, you guys perform at an extremely high level, very consistently. So how how is that done? Like you have your technique exercises. I'd like to hear how that relates to the music. And, and I'd like to also hear about how you, like you're talking about emotional intelligence, how do you manage, you know, um, thinking about the t- technique part, and also the emotional part. Anything yeah, about
1: that? So, <laughs> yeah, so both of those things tie into each other almost at all times, typically it started out, you know, when you're first, you first get the packet and your first auditioning, um, Colin actually outlined the whole kind of technical program like the drumming part at PASIC really well so the way we kind of did did it at PASIC we did our set was we started out with legatos like nice and open like full rebound um, and showing that when we play up like it's up. And then the next thing we did was we played legatos at the same tempo but we did it all at grace note height, and then it tied into flam control and then we have our digits exercise and that goes into rolls, and then. The rudiment sheet, which is like our training for the longer phrases and how well can you concentrate on this mundane thing for about four and a half minutes straight. And then it goes into things like spanks or Reds, which are longer phrases, more dense material. And they all relate to the music. Um, I could speak right now in the, in the aspect of Spanx. Um, now, Spanx what is that? Is of, it's an exercise written by Murray Guzik that we used at Boston. Um, okay, think- that's... Yeah, it's more yeah. like a
0: composition really, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. almost like our little like etude and the lot like Red's rumba and spanks are like our etudes in the lot, but spanks especially I wanted to like highlight on that one cuz spanks is a very like front fulcrum based exercise. It's all about front fulcrum control and that helps us play our really fast threes and fours material as developing like your front fulcrum dexterity. And spanks is also a very long phrase of music. Again, it's like it's a generally mundane exercise. The base rhythm is sextuplets. And then we have our own little tag showing how those ideas can apply. And we also put things from the book in there, like certain rudiments that were in the book go in that Spanx tag to, again, prepare us for what we are going to be performing on the field. Um, and that same thing could be said about Reds. It was another Murray Guzik inspiration. Um, and it's, we at PASIC we took it at two tempos we took the first section at a pretty slow like reggae tempo and then we ran the whole thing at a really fast tempo um because reds is more like a chops based it's kind of a piece that ebbs and flows between all these other sections in the battery and it's a no metronome piece um so it's just about how like you're fitting in with the other sections how those parts are weaving in and out of each other and how well can you listen and like predict what your neighbors gonna do when there's no metronome. Like that idea, it's preparing us for those situations that are gonna be going on in the show. And then I guess to speak on the emotional side of that, um Colin's really big on, you know, just the aggro zone and just kind of going for it and the visceral energy and the passion from the members are what bring things to life. Even in something like Legatos, it's like our emotion kind of shows through our passion and the expressiveness in the music. Um, For those of you who watch Boston Drumlines, Colin likes, likes to, there's times where we're gonna be hitting the drum as hard as we can, playing as high as we can. And then there's gonna be times where we're playing like really low and controlled, these different touches and these different textures and like playing at gray snow height. And then a lot of tap rolls where the separation is like 12 inches to three inches. You wanna be able to hear those accents, okay, fortissimo. And then the inside body of that tap roll is four inches. So noting like the density and the touch of those passages.
0: Yeah, and I'll put in some links uh, to, to be able to show from YouTube. When you go through the show, I'm interested in this, what is your process like? Let's say it's that you know, you're right starting the show, you know, for for finals. What goes through your mind during the show?
1: So typically, I kind of describe it as my brain is white noise and I'm just living in the present moment. I'm and I'm kind of just responding to things as they happen, um especially during the show. I will admit I'm kind of an evaluator on the field a little bit, like I'm kind of noting in my head from actively listening and living in the moment i'm I'm noting, okay, that sounded rough. It sounded like x y z happened, and this was really good. This hit something else didn't. This maybe is suffering because of the drill. This is a part we got to do in the drill, maybe next or tomorrow during rehearsal, we'll track this part for like 40 minutes, whatever it may be. And and this is something like I talk with the staff about where we're just kind of evaluating after the shows as to where our next plan of action is gonna be so we can keep kind of, the goal is with tour throughout the season and the shows is to kind of do this. And so trying to figure out how to do that as best as possible from like the objective playing standpoint. And then I remember you mentioning like finals, um, finals, I. I it's really the same thing. I what I'm thinking is just do it your best and do it how you always do it. Especially finals, it's a night where there's a lot of high emotion and high adrenaline. It's the last show. I'm like I'm not getting emotional until the last note of the show. I'm right. not going like, to let myself give up on anything. Like I'm going to enjoy and savor each and every moment and all the and l- appreciate a little bit more like what I did this summer and my friends and everything like that. But I try to also do that every performance before then. So it's not super different than um, like from finals to let's say like somewhere in Iowa or something like that, yeah. you know? Yeah, you practice how you perform. And that's like kind of, and like you were saying with the reps, that's a big part of the the Boston program is Collins really big on let's get the muscle memory, um, especially on show days. Like. We don't, there's not too much teaching involved on show days. It's just, okay, we're going to do the thing and the staff's just kind of going to let the members um, do their thing so that they can muscle memorize and understand what it's like to just be in a performance. Because when you're in a performance, the staff's not like running around at you or like telling you what to do, like in the performance or whatever. It's all about the muscle memory and practicing how you perform.
0: Yes. How would you say uh, the Crusaders' experience has changed how you go about your schooling?
1: Um. So I think Boston has had a lot of direct ties with my major, if that kind of makes sense. Like what I learned there, um, especially through the leadership role. Um. Back before I was saying how my major, there's a lot of team-based learning classes, and it's. Boston and drum corps has helped me in that context, like how to effectively work with other people, and and things like that. But another valuable lesson from drum corps, and I think this can be kind of put respectively in the context of school. But you're just to be yourself. And Colin's like, you know, you can't care what other people think, because and he's been telling me that over the years, because I do care a lot about what other people think, and and you really shouldn't, because you can't control it, but. Um, kind of that diversity of your personality, like each individual person having their own personality and what they can bring to the table, especially in like such a diverse environment, like college is really what makes it special. And being yourself is kind of what makes you unique and like standing out from these other people and just kind of immersing yourself in that environment. You're a part of a group of individuals that are like-minded. It's like, you could really put that aside and do, the thing, and especially in college band, when you're not competing, you're really doing it for yourselves. And, you know, a little diversion, but one thing, I I especially think about this in college band a lot, but w- especially in UMass, because we're all really close, like the drum line is very tight knit. But one thing I, I've i always remembered is that the show and the music in band or drum corps or whatever it is, is all temporary, but the friends you make and the family you make through that is is forever. And I learned that while at Drum Corps, you know, and the people I'm still connected with that live like a million miles away. And I brought it to UMass, you know, and that's kind of how I'm a, I've been approaching that. And I've, I've learned that directly from Drum Corps.
0: Hmm. So it sounds like you're a little bit more open to meeting new people or uh, connecting. Yeah. Networking, right? Yeah. What is your secret to time management with all these different hats that you wear and being a busy, you know, that sounds like a very demanding major as well. And the UMass band is a lot of time.
1: Yeah. So, um, actually I think, um, where I really learned to manage time the best was through just the experience of college. And I can definitely say that drum corps made that easier because the staff at Boston, they're extremely organized. Like I learned a lot from Alex Beltran, our Uh, battery coordinator. Um, He is a very organized person. He's always making lists of things. And uh, so is Ian Hale, the associate director of the UMass band, um, who's in charge of the percussion section. He does the same thing where he makes out lists of, okay, what are we going to do during rehearsal today? So I kind of saw that and I had that model to go off of. And then I was like, it it definitely helped me out a lot. Like I've been writing things in my calendar a lot more yeah. and I've been planning ahead. Like, okay, I'm going to spend, my goal today is to spend this much time on this assignment Then I'm going to go to the gym at this point later. And then I'm going to work on some college marching band music and drum corps definitely made that experience, like living through that experience of having to figure out time management a lot easier. So a lot of it is just the experience too. And I guess just, it's just a part of growing up.
0: What kind of music do you listen to?
1: I listen to a lot of things. I I like um, rock music, metal music, punk music, um, pretty much anything. I listen to classical like here and there. Um, But yeah, generally anything besides like country music, if I'm being honest.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know if you would mind doing a little drumming for us.
1: Sure. Absolutely.
0: All right. We would love to see anything
1: yeah i'll do um i'll do since this one i think is the most known from last summer i'll do the the first half of the snare break of um white whale
0: okay wow awesome Thank you. so so much control it's like playing the hardest thing you could ever play and like that's like most of the show yeah that's crazy yeah it's that's impressive well good for you this has been a great treat and I think people will pick up a lot of uh, tips you know for for all the things that you learned from drum corps and uh, you know how you've applied things and uh, your you know leadership and uh, this has been a great treat
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I had a lot of fun talking tonight.
0: Great. Thanks for listening to this episode of All the Hats We Wear. Make sure to download your free PDF guidebook from allthehatswewear.com. The unique skills you'll learn from this booklet will put you on the fast track to achieving those great things you're meant to do. Visit allthehatswewear.com now. See you next time. Oh,